Folte Duhut, bonjour, hola. You're very welcome to this, our final podcast, would you believe, for Study Hub this year. This is episode six and it completes our series for this year. And the subjects we're focusing on this episode are wide and varied, but we think useful ones that will prepare you for later life. Like, say you like the idea of becoming, I don't know, a YouTube star. Well, why not bring your home economics, say, to the online world? Take a listen to this. An Irish trained chef called Gemma Stafford, who's the woman behind the bigger, bolder baking brand. You know, the whole brownies in a microwave cup recipe stuff we all did during COVID. Well, yep, that's her. And here she is in action on American TV. Gemma Stafford is the YouTube sensation known for her outrageous desserts. This morning, we're happy to have her show off some of her tips for creating the perfect treats at home. Hello and good morning. Thank you for having me. I am so happy that you're here. So your YouTube channel has over a million and a half subscribers. Huge deal. Plus, you've also got three million followers on social media. Is there like how did you grow to be so big? Is there a dessert that made you big or what happened? That's a good question. Um, so I've had uh, some of my meals that I'm best known for are meals in a mug, which have been a huge sensation online. And then um, other recipes like two ingredient ice cream without an ice cream machine. Oh, wow. So we've garnered this lovely, really passionate baking community over the last four years. So what I wanted to do was just show you a traditional Irish bread. This is actually my mom's recipe. Oh, nice. So I know it's just, also important for it to like look good and, mm-hmm. and that like that's part of presenting good food. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I find that when you, like, you put a lot of love into your food, uh, like, it always comes out looking good. I like to put a lot of love into my food, too. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of love in the food there for Gemma Stafford, Bigger, Bolder Baking. So while studying to be a YouTuber isn't really on the CAO yet, who knows what's coming. This week we will be focusing on home economics, but there's no point in being a YouTuber star if you don't know how to manage your business or make a deal. If only, if only there was a TV show that could give you real-life job experience. Sounds to me like the dog ate my homework. Did they sack you? I've seen your business plan and I think there's some real flaws in there. You can ask me for my feedback now, it was fine. So you want Lord Sugar to get into tights? Yes. That's an interesting visual image. (laughs) So in your business plan, you say that every customer is asked for their on-the-spot feedback on your coffee. Every time someone's at that till, how was your day, how was your coffee? Nobody asked me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did they not? I was there last week. Nobody asked me. Did they not? They didn't ask me what I thought of the coffee. Nobody asked him from BBC's The Apprentice there. We'll be joined shortly by Ronan Murdoch from the Institute of Education to explore the business paper. And we also have one of the big ones on today, Gaelga Popper, though, Irish paper too. A great course in my view, I would say that, with all the P's, poetry, prose, poems and physics and other things that don't start with P. Anyway, but one of the best aspects is that students get to study a short film called Cockamillish. There's a little theme running here now. And it's a cracking scale where a character on a train annoys his fellow passengers so much as he ploughs through his Cockamillish that she takes the ultimate revenge on him. But do you recognise the Oscar-nominated actor starring here? Here's a slice of Coco Millet. I'm sure no, thank you. 
Brendan Gleeson, Charlotte Bradley, and Shin Nicholson, Scon on Shin Stewart, Egg Jennifer Keegan, and Scon on Coco Millish, But also let me mention, as this is our final instalment, that we are all, of course, about supporting you for your exam. And we want to remind you that while, of course, it is important, it is only an exam and it does not actually define you for the rest of your life. Exams will end, the summer will come, and we want you to help you realise that that will happen too for you and to get you thinking about life after the exam. So we have our old pal Jen Treadcheck back with some great advice for your next chapter because I don't know, but maybe you're dreaming of something like this. There are things in this country you will not see anywhere else on this world. That's what we want as travellers. They don't call it the land of fire and ice for no reason. It really, really was out of this world. I think I discovered a different side of me that I didn't think that I had. I wouldn't hesitate to do things that I've never thought that I could ever do before because now I know that I can. The culture here is something you can't read in a book, but it's something you have to experience. So back to the exams and to guide us through pauper though this uh, today we are joined on the line by our old friend Ethna Coyne who teaches at Presentation College at Ryan Galway. Ethna Totunchina and Lena doing. Paul Evelyn do it. Listen fall to Stackerdy and study hub. Let's start at the beginning Remember so. Listen we talked before about pauper hain thumped and shown you play pauper though thumbrunthusukhun era earth fuin ashtohan any changes from last year that students need to be aware of as they head into paper 2. Yeah, well, just uh, to reiterate what you said there, light at the end of the tunnel now, we're down to the last 200 marks of the 600 mark allocation. And the main, we're, re- we're gradually returning to normal, Evelyn, now, um, because both comprehensions must be done now. There's two comprehensions on, on the paper, as there were heretofore, but they had a choice. Um, but that isn't daunting for them because they like this particular section of the paper of the whole exam date um, because it is very approachable and uh, it's it's one of the areas that they like and that they engage well and positively with and it's suggested it's at the beginning of the paper and it's a good place to start actually with the paper because uh, it's worth 100 marks um, and uh, with the exception of question 6 which can be a little bit daunting for them sometimes uh, the, the, some would argue that it's nearly it's easier or uh, more approachable than even the comprehensions on the new junior cert paper. It's very much a case of copy and paste, dare I say. But you're given very accurate directions at the end of each question told what alt it's in as well. Um, so and they're, they're nice uh, topical themes and uh, they like this section of the paper as I said uh, the other modification is that uh, again returning gradually to normal the poetry and the prose there's no choice between those two genres now uh, however there is an internal choice in both of them Now indirect speech very important in this uh, paper when you're answering this talk to us a little bit about all this well, the importance of it and why I mentioned it really is because you are uh, you're crucified basically, or you're 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 told not to take lines directly from the passage. So therefore, you if you are capable of using it, or if you're comfortable with indirect speech, you can use phrases like "is near grow and through there no screen or kinds we shall no willship passions that we should." Also, you can just change the parsa vishe a kinds we or she vishe in a trochte. But you can't take pieces out of the actual comprehension itself. That is not recommended. Now, Ethan Gokkor, if we bought our show, being the alert from the Philly, you know, it's all about the Philly and what poets coming up in the poetry question. This is worth 30 marks, 15% of this paper. But could you talk us through the kind of questions that students can anticipate on this? Because there can be, you know, you can have strategies around this, can't you? 
Absolutely. And one of the questions that has come up year after year is Silug Sihirinilla, which is nine of the uh, allocated 30 marks. Um, so again, it's one to focus on, make sure that you have your ducks in a row in terms of having the published works of the poet there as well. Um, three for Seal Onilla, which they find easy enough, you know, about the personal aspects of the poet's life. Um, but the seer then to know the names of the published works and then the third three points can be um, from a, a mixture of either but you must have reference to see her Anila that's very very important there um, apart from that then you're talking about uh, Tema and uh, recognise that that will come up in some shape or form it might be phrased in the um, in terms of Keho Hefachti is a Nyaki in Tema Ivaimart or Kunas Nyaki in Don Ivaimart. So you're talking about poetic techniques there in a math or in a Hevon, a person, so depending on which actual poem you're talking about. For instance, Gavin, you use a lot, there is Parson through there, uh, it's allegorical, um, representing the poet, the poet herself. Um, but definitely the, the poetic techniques are very important and to recognise what you're being asked. Now, the overall prose section, again, this is worth another 15% here. I, mean, I know there's a huge amount involved here and this also covers, I think, say, Coco Millish, for example. Talk us through again yeah. how people can begin to approach this because it is a kind of a broad section, isn't it? It is a broad section, as I said here before. Now they could choose between the prose and the poetry, but now they have to do a prose question as well as a poetry question. But there is a choice. Um, so you're down to, you know, you, you'll have a choice there so you can study your question, see which one you prefer. Um, also, there's another aspect, which is that uh, one of the, the the pieces of literature has not come up so far on Gnorod, uh, which is back-to-back with Shell in the Palette, hasn't actually come up on the paper since they started. Why? Why course. would you be mentioning that now, Ethan? Would that be now a little kind of <laughs> well, a suggestion that people might have a look at that? Sure. <laughs> we like to focus on the positive evidence. Always you know, that, about uh, the dark it's about always. And preparation. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, characterization obviously is important here as well, you know, and uh, to know the cultural context of each one of the the literary pieces as well, you know, and there are overlaps there uh, in terms of Zish, for instance, which is uh, a Gyarish scale of Worm Kora, and you're talking about Stadis Naman there as well, um, which also comes up in the Literary of Thresha, the last question on the paper as well, her Lama book, which is about Naluach and Ashafodjach, the questionable values, Avrachus um, materialism, Loch and Rachmish. But again, you're talking about the Yeru the, the that is given, which is the insight we're given on of this particular theme and therefore you need to know the plot of the story the aquimra there even though it's something we associate with the ordinary level paper generally but it's important because the allocation of the marks here again is uh the the there's five marks only going for your Gwilga Kumas Gwilga here um, and 25 then going for Olas so I know that's very important One of the things you're very keen to remind students about is to make sure that they're regularly checking that they have the reference to the specific question in their answer but if somebody is struggling with their Gwilga and everybody's worried about this that they'll be cached in a couple of fuckal and not dig a sheet something they won't understand talk us through how a student ploughs on to get those marks even if they feel a little bit unsure about what they're writing well, as I said, you know, there are particular words and that you associate with each section of the literature. So mind maps and so on, as well as Aquimer and Scale, um, to highlight the words that come up in the uh, in the question and make sure you reference them regularly rather than going down the route of not referencing the key the key uh, words in the question. But again, as I said, there is 
what hasn't been there heretofore, there is an internal choice there. So it does allow scope for the student to pick the question that he's most happy with and most comfortable with dealing with. Okay, the scale bit, they find that a bit daunting. What's your advice around that last part of the question? Uh, so sorry uh, Evelyn what's the question there just the questions that are short and clear all around the scale and like that with Popper though what's your advice around that those short questions we associate with the ordinary level paper Evelyn now um, in in recent years they are tending to break up the question in certain stories now for instance in her Lama book because you're talking about a particularly strong character Lishin is her name so you might be asking uh, you might be asked, for instance, describe that character, describe what kind of preparations she was making for the celebratory uh, marriage occasion. Um, so that's Zish, or sorry, um, her Lama book would be one of the stories that small questions come up in. But generally, there is an open-ended statement beforehand. Uh, so it's Bam, Spatial, E, Lishin. So they're straight away just to recognise that it's a characterisation story or st- characterisation question. So really from what you would have prepared you have the answers within that for those smaller questions and there's a small allocation of points as well for those smaller ones so you know answer as much as you possibly can there Just that last reassuring word in terms of the Gaelic itself because people sometimes think they're not going to express themselves maybe as ably as they'd like to that their Gaelic will let them down or they'll get something wrong what is the line on that in terms of the examiners? Well, really, you know, if you look at the overall layout of this paper, you have the comprehensions there, two of them worth 100 marks. They're on the paper. The information mm-hmm. is there in front of you, really, except with the exception of the Gramadoc section, which is just three out of the 15 marks in Kesht Ashe. So this is not where you're going to be worrying about, you know, your efficacy in grammar, really, you know, because it applies to the whole exam, but three marks allocated there. Um, so, but apart from that, everything is on the paper likewise with the poetry your poems are on the paper there so you know it's it's it, it also you know the poetry is also part of your Skrudu Kainza so they're totally familiar with mm. the poems themselves um, and very easy to pull the words apart and to talk about your poetic techniques there this is for the language lover really you know and somebody who wants to explore the use of the language and the effectiveness the effectiveness of the, the techniques that the poet uses this is really where they can show it should be, you know, and it's it's an exam really that they should be coming out feeling very, very positive about. Okay, well, listen, Gormil Mog got the reach ethnic coin there from Presentation College and Athen Rye. Gormil Mog the Sochtishin Galer. But before we move on, we want to recommend to you, uh, listen to this, that you could take a look at RT Learn, which is full of extra content and notes and videos. And to help you, like it's got lots of different uh, bits of extra information that help you. For example, we got this from Dean, who's from Eskapeska, Skullnet.ie. And here he talks about the or- exam, the screw the bail and a little bit of preparation. Plan out your conversation and prepare the topics. Think about what you want to say and prepare this well. Perfect the core topics as the majority of your Irish oral exam will be based around these. Try to link topics and steer the conversation. Don't forget about the tougher topics. You can also recycle this material for your Irish essay on paper one. Finally, try and lighten the load and learn reusable phrases and verbs. 
Good man, Dean, there from AskAPaceAndSkullNet.ie. But now the time has come to talk business. And we are joined by a familiar voice from our show, Ronan Murdoch from the Institute. Ronan, you're very welcome into the study hall. Thanks, Adam. Now, let me uh, again throw this opener that I'm doing with everybody. In terms of last year to this year, what do students need to know about this year's paper? Like what's gliding back in well, for the students time this year? Ma- the time pressure is coming back in a lot, so they have to be really careful about that. So the time management, there's the same amount of time, three hours through the paper, but last year students were spoiled for time. They had all time in the world. They had um, 300 marks over three hours. Now 400 getting marks. getting a bit begrudgery about last year's students on Study Hill, to be honest. Honestly, <laughs> was a dream teaching yeah, them. So we're now going to move on and forget about them as a leaving cert last year. But I, I'd be worried, though, that like there could be an element of complacency, even on my end, even with teaching, that you have to, you've to remember two years in a row, there's been no time pressure at all. And I'm having to get used to hammering my students on the time management now. And I hadn't had to do that for two years. So I'd be really keen to tell the students, make sure you get back to, uh, you're very strict to yourself. You're doing a question for homework, 20 marks divided by 2.5, you've eight minutes to do it. And that's really crucial because a lot of students this year, more than any other year, won't finish the exam on time. You think? Yeah, no, it'll definitely happen, yeah. They will, Talk us through then. Okay, so they have, what, three hours to do the paper? Yeah. So what are they, what's, what clock like, should they have in their head? Very quick thing. The exam will start at half one. So they first five minutes read over the paper, spend half an hour in the short questions, 40 minutes in the ABQ. But the big thing for them to note is by 2.45, they should be done with their short questions and the ABQ. And then the other four questions after that, four long questions, 25 minutes for each of them. And that will bring them up to 25 past four and then they five minutes at the end then to look over the paper. But the big thing is the ABQ short questions done by a quarter to three. Now you're saying do all 12, the examiner picked the best eight. In biology and other subjects, it could be a negative marking, right? Oh, with the short questions, But with the yeah. short questions in business, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, the short questions do all 12 and they'll take the best eight out of the 12, yeah. Okay, now talk me about the long questions because that's the Long questions, you'll get eight by. and you do four of them. So it'll be broken into part one and part two. You have to do at least one question from part one, one question from part two. And the third and fourth question you can do from either part one or part two. But the big bit of advice I'd have to students this year, if they go in and they know units one, five, six and seven, they'll be covering themselves for five questions really of five out of the eight. They'll be setting themselves up very nicely. OK, now time management, as you said, yeah. is a big thing. How do you stop yourself from overwriting? Because you know the way they, they, know, they like a question and Typically, they just keep going. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of if the question comes up for 20 marks, they want to divide it by... And the long questions, let's say, 20 mm. marks divided by five, they know they need four points. So really what they're looking for in business is that you state the points and then you develop on it. So really two to three sentences for every point you're making. So if you've got a, you, if you're got a question for 20 marks, they want to give four points. Each point you're writing, two to three sentences will be fine for that point and don't a lot of students get into the habit of like writing these really really long sentences like they've an example of an entrepreneur they say Bill Gates found Microsoft and they get into all this detail about he that he was born in yeah, yeah none of that not at none all of it. just literally his name and the the business that he set up so and this then bullet point stuff nearly. literally yeah bullet points is perfect that's really? exactly okay. yeah, that's the exact way to do it no now, one word headings that's key they're getting they're, they're getting strict on that they're moving away from one word headings so they want you like so let's say if a question comes up like what are the effects of low unemployment you can't just say government revenue you'd have to say increased government revenue in the form of like more people paying PAYE but you can't just say taxation does that make sense yes. even if you said increased taxation at least that's a statement but ideally you want to be writing full sentences one word headings is they're going to be very tight on that and you won't get many marks for that OK, now you have a good record on exam topic predictions. Last year you said, for example, about the date debt equity ratio. What happened? Came up, yeah. Yay, <laughs> love go. that. Yeah. Uh, no pressure. What's coming up in this year's paper, um, <laughs> I, well, No, 
I, I, I'd want them to I'd stress make sure you hammer into the if I was doing a leave search at, if I was this was getting that's my way of don't man go on no I, I'd hammer into the sale good and supply service act the environment as well has come up in two years and it's obviously a current topic in all the papers so the, how business can become more environmentally conscious and the implications for business if they are to become more environmentally conscious. That's one thing that's really, really important. Um, the matrix structure as well hasn't come up directly since 2018. Usually comes up every few years, long overdue. So <laughs> cash matrix. flow forecast as well. Make sure you hammer into that as well. The cash flow forecast. Okay, now um, you give me a big long list now. That's I know, not a I know. I'm sorry. I, I, but you'll stay, these will come up. They, they will see these questions. Okay. Market research as well. Fields and depth research. These are things that if the students, the students will be covering these well, they'll be happy when they come out in June. <laughs> now, the old Chester from students, any sections I can leave out? Help. Um, I, OK, so I'd say if you're going for like a H3, units one, five, six and seven. If you're going for a H2, you need to cover units one, five, six and seven and units two and three as well to give yourself a better choice. And unfortunately, if you're going for H1 and you want to, get yourself into the top 10% of students, you really have to cover the whole course. There's no, there's no way around no. it, but you want to give yourself a better choice in the day. There will be tough questions that pop up. So a lot of students know that they're, they need to nail Unit 5, but like in the, when they're setting a paper, good chance you'll see a tough question in Unit 5. So if you've covered all the other units, you'll give yourself a great choice. What's my study timetable at the moment then? Over Easter, I'd recommend um, units five, five, six and seven. They're the key ones. They're, okay. the They're your core, right? Hammer into that, yeah. Once, once you've got that done well, after the Easter break, really pick off a unit then. Units a week really is the best thing. So like after Easter, do unit one, then do units four, then do units two and three. That's what I'd recommend. Okay, stay yeah. there. Thank you, Ronan Murdoch from the Institute of Education. Now we move on to one of my favourite courses that we cover, I have to say. Maybe it's because of you rather than the subject, oh, Sandra Cleary. Um, home economics, of course, you're here again to help us. We're so pleased. I'm waiting to play home economics bingo with you because every time we talk to you, I end up talking about lipids. <laughs> for a long time so I'm waiting for lipids to come in but again the same thing for you your opening question what is different for this year compared to (coughs) last year's crew well I'd have to agree with Ronan it's the time the time pressure really yeah because it used to be home ec was against the clock I mean we always knew it was was a time management thing but last year was a dream no last year oh I know we should not be talking no move on moving forward moving forward Um, so we have three sections on home economics section A is the short questions Mm -hmm. we have 14 short questions and this year we have to answer 10 out of those 14. You're looking at two minutes each, so 20 minutes. Now, unlike other subjects like biology and business, I might add, we won't get away with just very brief um, answers. And that's where a lot of students fall down. And what I find personally off-putting is when you get those short questions for the last couple of years, they don't actually even have the marks printed beside them. So it's just, it's quite off-putting. You're looking at it. So I would suggest that you'd have a pencil. So uh, usually they're divided into three parts. So two, 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 right in the side margin or other questions. As in you're putting the marks down for yourself? Physically with the pencil, two, two, two. And I would do this in the first five minutes when you're reading over the exam paper. And then the next one might be three, three. And a rule of thumb, which works particularly well, is for every two marks, two sub points. For every three marks, three sub points. Because the marking scheme would generally be for two marks, two 
3210 and for three marks 3210. So, for example, you're asked, what is celiac disease? Three marks. Mm-hmm. Somebody writes down, oh, it's an intolerance to the fibrous protein gluten. It's correct, but it's only one. You'd have to give a second point that it's an autoimmune disease. Thirdly, the fact that it's a chronic disease and it cannot be cured. Okay. So uh, that's a good rule of thumb. So we have 10 of those out of 14. Students should know as well that the first um, nine of those are going to come from the food studies part of the course and the remaining five are going to come from what we call the home management topics. And then section B then we have one long question. Mm -hmm. Now this is a really important question. Uh, Everyone should be prepared for it's question 1B. It's worth 80 marks i.e. 20% of the home economics grade. And of that 20%, uh, 10% is unseen material. And this can actually cost people their grade. Now that 10% is made up from part A of that question and the last part which is usually D or E. 20 marks for part A, 20 marks for D or E. Part A is always analysis of a pie chart, a table, usually from a recent survey, like from Healthy Ireland Survey 2022, yeah. etc. Um, so there's a, a particular way. Um, I'm going to give you some notes to put up online. I was about to say, you're, you've given us great extra content. Yeah, so there is, there is a five there. point rule. And if you learn off those five points, you can basically apply it uh, to every single one. And the last 20 then, uh, we refer to it in school. One student one year referred to it as a dodgy 20. Mm-hmm. And kind of the name has stuck. It's where they would take something topical, might be food waste or how we can reduce food waste or uh, the cost of food, you know, with inflation. How can you uh, eat healthily on a budget? And you just 20 marks always give a five there. The middle part of that question is always nutrients. Then we have four other 50 markers and you have to do two out of those. Uh, last year we only had one. I'm back again, I know, to last year. But there will be uh, students, Evelyn, that are repeating. Mm. And I would definitely agree with Ronan. Um, I have huge issues with, uh, say, students in terms of the timing. So I would always have uh, my timer on my watch or Mm. my phone in school. Mm. And if they're doing a 50 marker, we literally have to get it done in 22 minutes flat. Brutal about it. Brutal, absolutely. The other thing I want to talk to you about because I was fascinated by this is the order of answering and I know you want to make it really clear that you're not recommending this particularly but just from talking to students over the years you have an interesting suggestion of how students might approach the answering. Well, this is based on feedback from students Mm. and I am teaching home economics now 35 Five years, we'll say, we'll say it very fast. Still a blow when uh, I think into the world, <laughs> eh? but Still feeling your way around the course. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But um, we would always say, I would always say, start with the compulsory question first, the one that's worth so that's uh, your 20%. Question, percent, one, question that's 1B. B. That's your 80 marker, yeah. Then I would move on and I would do my two 50 markers, mm-hmm. uh, 22 minutes each, mm-hmm. 45 mm-hmm. minutes for the first question, 22 minutes for the next two 50 markers. Then we would do uh, what section C you can choose an elective or question for the core 35 minutes but I because of the time pressure and like that particularly this year I would always answer short questions last because of the fact that you've got uh, blank lines Mm -hmm. they're all ready there on mm. the paper and you basically just write like a lunatic and fill in all the gaps basically you're not worried about the structure the layout the underlining the the headings um, standing out 
and they will be running out of time this year, most definitely. Okay, so that's, I mean, it's unusual because a lot of teachers will say, start the short questions to get you up and running. You're going, time-wise, be clever about it, put it to the end. Because then you have to do it. Yeah, I know some students have said, oh, another teacher has said we should do the shorts first to get you in the mood. I said, there is nothing in this world that's going to get you in a mood for the home (laughs) economics exam. And that's a guarantee. Uh, Students, you say, can be shocked at the level of detail needed in home economics. Absolutely. Why are they shocked? Um, Most students have a general uh, idea and pre-COVID for 20 years, three in every hundred in the country got either A1, H1, top grade. And when you say that, I mean, people do associate home economics with microwaving food in a cup uh, or things like that. Can I say there's a little bit more to it? Um, Burn there. um, No, it's... The uh, the level of detail and content is, is huge. Um, so the idea is that I would always say to them, you know, when students are looking over past exam questions, which we would be doing at this time of the year, mm-hmm. don't just have maybe your notes in front of you or your textbook. You should always have the past marking scheme with you as well. So that... But can I say, every teacher... like. Learn the marking scheme. It's an extraordinary map for you to have in your head going into the paper. Not every teacher does that. Uh, No, they don't. Um, A lot of students are under the illusion that if they write down uh, what's in their textbook or what's in their notes, you really have to have uh, a really good. Show me an example. Like, what would you see as a good H two typey answer for something? Um, I don't do H (laughs) twos. Oh my god. Can this I just the say the level we're on the last episode? Can I? You, I, can tell you, I can tell you what a H one is go like. On, right. course, go um, on. So, for example, uh, question two B is very often a question on food. Right. So, meat has not been asked since twenty fourteen. Fish was twenty sixteen. Yogurt was two thousand and six. Cheese is twenty seventeen, and so on. Those fifty mark questions are divided in three. Every single food question, they always ask language like the nutritive and dietetic value of a food or nutritional significance. Okay. That is worth 20 marks. The marking scheme is always, without fail, five by four marks. Okay. And there's a very specific marking scheme, nutritive and dietetic value. You have to write three points on nutritive value, two points on dietetic, or two nutritive and three dietetic. Okay, give me your fish then. What would you be doing right, for the fish? Okay. Give me some fish there, Sandra. For four marks, which is <laughs> 1% of the home economics grade. A fish... Protein, 17 to 20% protein in fish generally. Um, it's high biological value protein Ding. with the HBV of 80 to 90%. Uh, fish is a complete protein food, Ding. contains all 10 essential amino acids. Mycin, actin are proteins in in fish. So that's my H1. Four marks. That's a lot of information though to carry that's into the exam all in point, it. One point. Very oh, impressive. Five. Now, Sandra, your final thought then on this paper. I mean, the, your number one message is just time and they have to just move on and be brutal about it. And another good thing too is I'd always And points, say, not essays. Always in point format and you should always have a main heading. Okay. Um, unlike business, we don't need a full uh, sentence. So, so like, go back to fish again, not asked in 2016, outline causes of uh, spoilage of fish three by five. Yeah. Right? So you would have, for example, high moisture content, underline that. And the words that you're underlining ideally are the keywords that are going to be on the official marking scheme. Five marks should always be, if you know and you've worked it out that each point is worth five marks. Some people can end up getting nine out of 15 because they write the, the heading and then they write a bit of whatever. 
uh, they get one for the heading and two for the writing, but you must always have two sub points, one and two by two uh, for the sub points you must have. It's a system and all systems you can break down. Um, so that's why you must refer back to the marking scheme, not your home economics book when you're practicing questions at home. You need to time mm-hmm. all of your questions. Um, we have a timing uh, scheme mm-hmm. suggested um, on online. Um, so that would be very important. And go back always. Any topics, A, that have never been asked. Mm-hmm. Like last year, celiac disease came up that had never been asked before. Or things that have not been asked in a very long time. So, or topical things like okay. this. Yeah, so, for example, now I don't have Ronan's crystal ball here for predictions, but if ding, ding. I were doing the ding, ding. search this year. All I can think about is fish. Go on. <laughs> fish, maybe, might be an omen. Um, I would say there's always nutrients. So, the lipids, Evelyn. Lipids. This is their year. Bing, bing, bing. Um, lipids are in. Lipids carbohydrates, are in. <laughs> vitamin A, vitamin C, the B vitamins. Uh, then you'd need to be looking like that meat, fish, cheese, um, fruit, okay. um, food safety laws and agencies, food processing, packaging, labelling. Come on, come um, on, come on. Right, They're going okay. to show me at a studio now with me fish in my hand. You're always a ray of light. You see, Ray, fish, I'm trying yeah, to my best here. Thank you, Sandra Cleary, so much for that and for giving us all that information. Sandra's given us excellent extra stuff or to learn, go to that. But finally, finally, after all that, this may be what you're thinking of. There you go. No, the Study Hub studio, nobody's broken into it. But what we are thinking about is some of the sounds that we're looking forward to hearing after the leaving search. Our old pal Jen Tredjek is here from Way Ahead Therapy. And this notion of life beyond the leaving cert. I gather there is life beyond there the leaving cert. The... You might be out by the sea or you might be at home or you might be going on adventures abroad. Talk to us, Jen, about getting my head through that because right now it feels like there's just a tunnel to the leaving it cert. It feels like a long way away and it can feel like pressure, but there is an end in sight. And take a breath. I feel I feel exhausted I listening know, to all of this it's marking scheme. When you listen, it feels tense. And then just take a step back. There's still time. Don't give up on yourself. There's lots of time to get through. Um, take take a break on the way. Um, but yeah, life after the leaving search. Think about what you're hoping to do, what you're looking forward to. You know, sometimes people have a sense that I should feel relieved or I should feel excited. And some people might feel that. Some of us might feel exhausted or scared or sad because we're letting go of something in relation to school. There's an end yeah. of a chapter. And I suppose all of those feelings are absolutely fine. So don't feel under pressure that you should feel excited. I suppose what's interesting for the students is they finish the leaving cert and they've that lovely summer off, but they're still waiting for the results. So there is a little ticking clock somewhere. How do you manage with that over the summer? How do you park it and kind of just let it yeah, go for a while? It, tr- try and think of it as a time block and, and think about what how you're going to spend the summer. What are you going to do? Um, and as in occupational therapy, we look at three key factors for well-being. So we look at self-care, the things you need to do to look after yourself, your mm-hmm. sleep, your diet, your exercise. We look at productivity, which is something that gives you a little bit of meaning or purpose. So that could be work, it could be volunteering, could be caring, could be a project. And then leisure, you know, the, the downtime, the relaxation. So try and have a, a mix. Try and think what you want to get out over the summer. Um, it, it's tempting to let go of any routine and stay in bed all day, but maybe try and keep some kind of structure so that you are getting up every day, you've got something to do um, and, and that you've got some kind of routine over the summer. That's interesting because 
because you do think, oh, what are, oh Alain's going to spend the summer in bed. <laughs> and actually what you're saying is be smart about it. You can't just suddenly roll from one mode to another. And you'll have to pick it back up again, you know, if you decide to go into work or into college mm. or, or the next stage. So don't let go of everything altogether. Give yourself a bit of a breather, of course, have a little bit of a break, but try and keep some kind of structure to your life. What about the trip abroad, right? Mm. A lot of talk about the <laughs> trip abroad and I'm sure lots of people are thrilled to go. Yeah. Maybe not everybody wants to go. How do you manage that if sort of yeah. everybody around you shouting at you to go? Is it great that you should you want to go? It's a, it's a, it can feel like everybody wants to go. Now, I know a lot of young people who struggle with that, who feel anxious or who feel a little bit worried and, you know, feel under pressure to go. Yeah. So think about what you want to do in advance. Think about your boundaries. Think about is there somebody... You've allowed boundaries and comfort zones and all those lovely adult <laughs> things. You know, you're allowed yeah. control over Absolutely. these decisions. Okay. You're allowed to decide what you want to do or don't want to do and you're allowed to have those conversations before you go. You know, is there somebody going with you that you trust that you can have a conversation with and say, you know, I'm a bit worried about this. Mm. Can we look out for each other? Can we mm. mind each other when we're over there? And ultimately, if you decide not to go, that's okay too. Not everybody is going despite what you might think and, and what you see on social media. So you might decide, stay at home and do something lovely with your friends at home. That's absolutely fine. There's no right or wrongs. Sandra and Ron, I'm just going to throw this at you because you're dealing with real life leaving cert students. <laughs> that sense of stress, post-COVID, all that. It's a different cohort this year from before, isn't it? They've had a really different time. They haven't done a junior cert, many of them. And I think too because of the fact the way the uh, CEO and the college system got completely skewed. And it's going up. to be later again now. The results are September. It's yeah. a long hours. But I, long I, long I, one kind of thing that I keep saying to them is, you know, some people are lucky to go, so we call it the motorway mm-hmm. or the highway, straight to their destination. But you don't ever want to lose sight of what you really want to do. And I think that's something that every student needs to hang on to. So you might think at the time, I'm never going to get the points for this or whatever. But I think it's really important, you know, there's a long life out there. We need to be happy at what we're at. So you might need to take the scenic route. Much sure. more interesting. There's side side doors, there's back doors. Sure, we still it. don't know what we want to do when no, we grow up, you but, and me. <laughs> but the most important thing is don't don't ever lose sight of what you really, really want to do. Um, it might take you a little bit longer to get there. There's so many but pathways to I think so now. now more than ever before. And it's important that people hang on to that. So Roland, for you, in terms of the students, the students we're dealing with this year, they're just, they've had a different experience than before. Yeah, it, but I, from what I find with, with my, my gang in school, they're, they're great workers. Like they're not, uh, they they're don't seem to be. They're really up for it. A small bit of, as well, what I prefer this year is that they don't have to fall back of a credit grade. There's a lot more energy in the classes. And really? Yeah, the, the small bit of added stress can actually, I find anyway, they're a great working There's bunch. There's a performance and, thing to it yeah, because they, they have to get on with it. Yeah, yeah I, I would prefer it this year rather than having them falling back on, on other things like, like that. So. I, I find it better this year. So it's a positive. You find that they're really focused on it. Yeah, 100%. Like, if they manage to, like, again, they need to know not to, it's not the be all and end all the exam, but they use a bit of the stress to, as a motivator, but they need to remember at the end of the day, it's just an exam and it's not, it's not everything at I all. Know, it's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Talk to me then just at home, home life and supporting that student out the other side of the leading search. You know, the person who panics in the middle of July, the whole thing, I didn't do well. How do you manage that? How do you support a young person through that? Um, just leave space to, to talk about it and then draw a line under it. Really? Because you know? yeah. there's nothing you can do anyway. You can't change it. Once you're through the exam, that's it. And I suppose um, if you surround yourself um, as a student, surround yourself with people who are getting hyped up and, and dissecting it and, and stressing about it, you're going to hold on to that. So take a step back and surround yourself with people who are going to help you just to let go of it and to move past it. And then I know there is a bit of a wait and it's tough, 
but everybody's in the same boat. You know, you, you can only plan so far and then you just have to wait until um, the results come through and then make your decisions. And I think Sandra said, you know, you might take a gap year. Don't feel under pressure to make decisions right now if you're not ready to make them. There's no pressure. Um, you might choose to do something else for a while and come back around and that's absolutely And the fine. summer is long. Like there's a proper three month break. Everybody's on the treadmill now, but actually people come up with extraordinary things in July and August and say, oh, I'm doing this and this fella's doing that and there's great kind of liberation from it as well. There's lots of choice. Oh, such an exciting time though. It's a great time. Anyway, listen, Jen, Check from Way Ahead Therapy, thank you so much for joining us today. This is our last show. I want to thank all our teachers who've contributed so generously to our, generously to our programmes. And we have six episodes of Study Hub done and dusted now. So if you're new to this series, go back and download our previous episodes. Book up loads of advice there. Our thanks to our supporters here in the programme, Ellen Leonard for all her social media help, Ronan Flanagan and his team at RT Learn. Check it out, there's loads there. Uh, they've been great. My personal thanks as ever to my very patient producer, Kieran Byrne. But for the moment, Shine, best of luck in June. And for now, goodbye, ciao, au revoir, agus lonagus banacht.